interrupted to impact. How many of you, you like interruptions in life? Anyone here, you enjoy interruptions? Anyone? No hands, ah? Ah, yeah. Then I'm, I'm preaching to the right crowd then. Because I myself, I don't like interruptions. When I'm, you know, Pastor Mike will say, like, you know, I'm, I'm always doing my studies and then I'm also trying to work out the, the uh, trying to study for, for, prepare for teaching as well. And so I always need to have like, okay, I must really read and understand so that I must have the correct flow of mind. And I don't like to be interrupted. But you know what? I always get interrupted. There will always be one call will come in. Sorry, yeah, Pastor Sue, um, I need to check with you on something. I said, okay, 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 hold on, hold on. Let me just get into that. And then that will lead me on some other thing. And then one hour later, I'll come back. I'm like, oh no, I got to reread what I had done earlier because I forgot what I was reading already. I'm getting old also. Lah. Okay, sometimes I cannot keep track. So then I find myself like, oh my goodness, too many interruptions that happen. And sometimes because I get distracted very easily, when it comes to even doing work, I will lock myself in a small little room. Even in the office, I will find a small little room and I will stay there. You know why? Because I said, I cannot lah. If people just ask me one little normal question, lah, I lose my train of thought. You know? And so I said, oh Lord, these interruption things are, are very difficult for me. But yet he told me, tell the people this. He's in the business of interrupting us. And you know Why? I believe that Jesus has been in the business of interrupting people to bring about an impact beyond ourselves. So today we're going to very quickly jump into the Word of God. I've got five very interesting uh, stories which we, are, we have heard about, five encounters that Jesus had even in the Gospels. And every one of these five stories, it has a very powerful lesson in how an impact that, that took place because of an interruption so, if you think interruptions are negative, like me, I hope after today you will realize that interruptions are not negative. Tell your neighbor it's not negative. It's not negative. The first story we're going to look at is found in Gospel of John, John chapter 4. Let's take a look at the first part. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, Give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, How is it that you, a Jew, asks for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Now let's take a little bit of a background to this. This could be a familiar story, but I'm just going to go a little bit into the background so we understand where this is coming from. The Jews and the Samaritans, for years already, they had a lot of animosity between them. There was a lot of bad feeling and so they generally do not mix with one another. And just prior to this, Jesus was on his journey and he chose to cut through Samaria. And while he was cutting through Samaria, the disciples said, we're going to go and buy some food, you wait here. And so Jesus was waiting by the well. Jesus was waiting intentionally. And now, if you were to read, this was happening actually in midday, it was a time where there were no other ladies taking water. Now, nowadays it's very easy. We want to take water, we just go to the kitchen tap, we on, finish, right? Morning, noon or night, you can get water. We don't have to go to any well. But I think maybe a few among you have, have experienced drawing well water when you were young. My only experience was many years ago when I went to Sri Lanka and then um, we had to bathe by the well. 
And I, I was with another, another sister, Frida. She comes second service. So both of us, okay, that's so exciting. City kids were going to try and bathe by the well. And so we said, okay, we can do this. We watched on TV before. Throw the pail inside with the, with the, with the, 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 the pulley. And then we tried it. We pull, 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 pull. Wow, so little water came out for both of us. They were like, okay, we're not good at this. And we tried again. Then the local ladies, after a while, after laughing, laughing, laughing so much, they said, never mind, sister, we will help you. So I know that doing, taking well water is not very easy. But this lady, the ladies normally come in the earliest of mornings. Because you know why? In Israel, even in winter, because I had the opportunity to go to visit Israel last year, and it was during winter. So you think winter is very, very cold. Yes, it's very cold in the early morning and even in the late evenings. But in the afternoons, as soon as the sun comes up but after 11, it is hot. It is scorching hot. And so I believe it was a very hot time when the lady came out. It was not a popular time. Why did she come out at that hour? Why did she not do what the others did? I'll tell you why. Because this lady was like no other lady. And in the subsequent conversations that Jesus had. It's a very long conversation. If you're not familiar with this story, I encourage you, go back and take a read of this entire chapter. She was puzzled. Why is this Jewish man, and Jesus looked like a rabbi, like a teacher. How can a Jewish man talk to her? Because you see, she was prepared to ignore Jesus because he's just a Jew. You do your own thing, I'll do my own thing. I just came to mind my own business. And the reason, church, why she chose to come really at a time where no other women were there was because of this. Later on, Jesus pointed out to her. He prophesied, he spoke over her life and she, he said, you have had five husbands. She was like, Ayo, is it written somewhere on my forehead? And Jesus even said this, you had five husbands and the man you are with today, that means number six, it's not even your husband yet, but you are living with him. She was like immediately taken aback. There was no one else around that could have told him. Immediately she recognized this is no ordinary man. And in the subsequent conversation, as Jesus was talking to her about living water, was sharing with her what it was, and she, a Samaritan, she said, you know, I heard about that in the last days, in soon there will be a Messiah that will come. And Jesus looked at her and said, I'm the one. Wow, he revealed himself as a Messiah. He interrupted her. She was minding her own business. She chose not to come when all the other ladies were there. You know why, church? Because of her life, she would have been ridiculed. She would have been made fun of. She would have been sneered at. So she probably had enough and she just said, I just... She was being treated like an outcast because of wrong decisions, wrong choices that she has made. So she just wanted to just mind her own business, walk, get the water, and get back home with minimal fuss. And Jesus is the one who was the first one who said, who initiated the conversation. He interrupted that moment to bring about a revelation to her. And later, what does, it ha what does it say? Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. Church, she was so overwhelmed, so changed. Even though the, the, the villagers were ridiculing her, making fun of her, she knew too good a news to keep to herself. 
Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans, they ran out to see him, they asked him to stay with them and he stayed there for two days. Jesus stayed with them for two days because of this interruption that he did with this Samaritan lady. And many more believed because of his word. And many more believed because of the word of God. You see, church, in this first instant, we see this. When Jesus interrupts someone like the Samaritan lady, he was interrupting a very broken woman. He was interrupting a woman that was really broken beyond what we could imagine. We do not know the reasons leading up to why she had five husbands. We do not know the reason on how this came to pass. But I can surely tell you that she would have been a very broken lady to have gone through so much over and over again, one after another. From this story, the first point I want to bring out is this. Jesus interrupts the broken and the impact is a renewal. In our world today, we have... So many things going on in all our lives. So many brokenness. So many situations that leave us very broken, very disappointed. Maybe it's people that left us broken. Maybe it's situations beyond our control. Maybe people look at us one kind, you know. Maybe family members, when they see you coming, they head another direction. Whatever it is, I believe as the Lord interrupts the broken lady, even in Samaria, she thought she would just come in, fly under the radar. Don't talk to me, I don't talk to you. I just want to come and do my thing and then leave. I pray that even among us, that the message goes out that no one here will feel that they need to fly under the radar when you come to church. Jesus today wants to speak to everyone that you just feel that, let me just do my thing. Let me just come hear the Word of God and let me just leave without any person encountering me. But today, I believe that the Lord wants to say this to those of you who are a little bit broken today, that He comes to bring a renewal. He renewed her life. He gave her life new meaning. She realized she, she was revealed that He was the Messiah. Her faith was once again renewed, revived. And in that renewal, she could run back to the very ones who rejected her. And there was a renewing of fellowship. There was a renewing of even her communication with them. And through that renewing, an entire village experienced an amazing revival. It just took one broken person to say, I am open to listen to this Jesus Messiah. One lady that was an outcast lady and yet... A revival came to the entire village church. This is interrupted to impact through brokenness. The second story we want to go into is found in the Gospel of Mark. Mark chapter 5, it talks about a lady with the issue of blood. Let's take a read now. And there was a woman who had a discharge of blood for 12 years. 12 years church and who had spent much under many physicians and spent all that she had and was no better but rather grew worse. 
she had heard the reports about Jesus and came up behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if I touch even his garments, I will be made well. A little bit of background to, to, to the Jewish law. A woman who bleeds is ceremonially unclean. And they are so unclean during that whole time of their bleeding that they, whatever they touch, whatever they sit on, everything is unclean. So if, they were to, if she were to come into church and if she were to sit on that pew, that, that particular pew, it will, that particular seat, it will be unclean. So if another person were to sit on the same chair after she has gone, that person will also become unclean. And because of this, this connotations for 12 years, it meant that no one would come to her house because every part of her house would be unclean. If they were to come and visit her, they would have to go through a purification just so they can function on in normal life. And that was such a hassle. And by that same virtue, she probably could not visit anyone else as well because she would cause an uncleanness to happen even upon their homes, upon their person. This was a very lonely lady. And what does the scripture say? She spent all that she had. She was already coming to the end of all that she knew. You know, sickness has got a way of really stripping us of so many things. Stripping us of our fellowship, our daily life, our routines. Many of you all know many years ago, a few years ago, just about three years ago, 2014, four years ago, you all know my story, how I was so sick. You know, and then I had to take a long leave from work and, and it was a time where I, I had no clue when I was going to get better. The doctors couldn't tell me. And even when some of the pastors asked me, so how do you think you can come back to, to work? I said, I have no idea. I could barely even walk. And so I understand when you've used and used so much of your finances, your resources, and you can't even go out anymore because your entire being is restricted because of that one sickness, that one illness that has been proclaimed over you. And when no doctors can help you, when there's nothing else in this world that can really meet your need. And this was the state of this lady. And she had heard about Jesus. She didn't want to go up to Him directly because He was a holy man. He was a rabbi. And so she thought, if only I just go and just touch a little bit so I don't have to go and let people know I am nearby because I am unclean. I should not want people to push me aside. So she just went. She was desperate and she went and she touched. And the scripture goes on even in that passage to tell us that as soon as she touched, she felt that healing come into her, into her entire being. She felt herself, she felt immediately the bleeding just dried up. She knew, wow, that something had taken place and she was ready to leave and get out of there. This was the original concept of touch and go. She thought she can do a touch and go with Jesus. But Jesus just stopped her and she, He interrupted her there again. And He stopped. There were crowds. He was on His way to go and visit Jairus' daughter who was very, very ill. Jesus stopped. And His classic, who touched me? Then the disciples as usual, huh? 
um, Jesus, kind of everyone is touching you, right? Everyone is pushing on you. What do you mean, who touched me? But Jesus knew and He wanted to have an encounter. He wanted to interrupt this daughter, this special lady. And He says, and He looked around in verse 32. He looked around to see who had done it. But the woman, knowing what had happened to her, came in fear and trembling and fell down before Him and told Him the whole truth. And He said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your disease. Why did Jesus need to interrupt her in this way? He knew that beyond a physical healing, she needed to be restored to community. She needed to be, be restored in the eyes publicly that she has been healed she has been declared well. She's no longer an, an, an unclean person anymore. And he wanted her to recognize that. And so he publicly wanted to affirm her position. And he said this, Daughter, your faith has made you well. You may go in peace now. Because all the years of struggle, all the 12 years of just having worry and anxiety, you know, all the years of pain, the Lord was just erasing it up with just that one word. Be healed of your disease. This morning, I want to encourage those who are struggling with sickness and illness. Jesus interrupts the sick. He interrupts us in our sickness. When I was, when I was very ill, I, I, I had actually been struggling with this illness for about 20 over years, which then it just ex exploded beyond, beyond my, my imagination. But for 20 over years, I did not know how. I was praying, I was seeking. And so some of you may, may be having illnesses that has been dragging on for years and years and years. Like how this lady had been dragging on for years and years. Or maybe... It's something that's recently happened. But Jesus interrupts the sick for restoration. And I believe as this lady was restored, she would have gone home, I believe. She would have cleaned up her house. She would have probably thrown a big party. And people would say, like, are you sure we can come? And she would say, yes, I am healed. I am restored. And then the Lord gave her a story to tell. Every time there's an interruption in the scripture that Jesus interrupts to cause an intervention of such a great nature, there is always an impact to the community. Every time He works out a miracle, it is not just for that one person, but it is for that family. It is for the neighborhood. It is for the community. It is for the nation. And that is what Jesus is in the business of doing today. He gives us stories to tell. He gives us excitement to live on. The third story I want to talk about is from Matthew 14. Matthew 14, this just comes right after the feeding of the 5,000. There was a powerful miracle. The feeding of the 5,000 had just happened in the chapter previously. And then he had sent his disciples, go ahead to the other side of the Galilee. Take the boat, go ahead to the other side. And after he had dismissed the crowds, he went out went up on the mountain by himself to pray. This was a norm by, by Jesus. After he, had, he does miracles, you always find him drawing to a side to pray. 
He sent his disciples ahead so he could have his one-on-one time with the Father. When evening came, he was there alone. But the boat by this time, this is the boat with the disciples, was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And in the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. The fourth watch is basically 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. And now for those of you who have been to Israel, you've been to Galilee, you've been on the boat, in the evening, it's actually, when you look around, you see all the light, 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 because it's got a lot of hotels. Last time, it got no hotels, okay? So, it would have been a very pitch black, except for maybe one or two lamps you can see flickering from a distance. But this boat was far from land already. And the wind was against them. This same incident that is related in another gospel, it says that how the, they, the disciples were straining against the oars. They were straining. Jesus must be bionic eye, you know. He could see that they were struggling. He could see that the wind was against them. And he did only what Jesus could do. He didn't hire another boat to go and help them. What did he do, church? That's right, he walked on water. Hallelujah! We have a God that meets us in the impossible by doing the impossible. That's our Jesus. He walked on water. But of course, this happened at 3 a.m., between 3 to 6 a.m. So now there's waves coming all around and suddenly they see a man walking on water towards them. They freaked out. I think I would freak out too. If I am in the middle of the night, I'm like stressing over something and I see a figure walking through my apartment window on the ninth floor. I see a figure walking on air. I think I'll freak out too. Wouldn't you all? (laughs) <laughs> and so the disciples were like, oh my goodness, it is a ghost. Maybe they had stories, the ghost of Galilee is walking among us. But as he got closer, Peter was the one. Is that you? Then we know the encounter of how he said, if it's you, call me up, Lord. I want to walk. Call me up, Lord. And so Peter got out of the boat. And what happened? He sank, right? He started looking at the wind and the waves and Suddenly he sank, and Jesus, what did he do in verse 31? He immediately reached out his hand, took hold of him, that's Peter, saying to Peter, Oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? And when they got into the boat, what happened? What happened when they got into the boat, church? The wind ceased. And those in the boat worshipped him, saying, Truly, you are the Son of of God. We all go through storms. We all go through situations that can just change in an instant. I believe when they started off on the journey, it probably was not very windy. If it was already very windy when they started off as very experienced fishermen, they would not have even embarked on the journey. But this was a sudden, strong wind that came up. And they were straining against it. Experienced fishermen. Jesus did not wait for them to call to Him. He saw them straining. He saw that the wind was against them. He walked on water just so He could come out to them. Just so they could be safe. And as soon as He got into the boat, the winds died. And what was the immediate impact that we see once Jesus got in? 
They had already witnessed the feeding of the 5,000. An amazing, powerful miracle. The only miracle that is recorded in all the four Gospels. Powerful miracle, unforgettable. And yet, it was because of this personal interruption when their storms were interrupted by Jesus, when their fears, they thought it was a ghost coming. They thought they were done for it. Jesus interrupted their fears and He brought about a revelation of who He really is. He did not have to tell them out of their experience, out of what happened from the encounter, they immediately realized He is the Son of God. He is no longer just a teacher. He is not just a good rabbi. He is not just someone who does miracles. He is the Son of God. Jesus interrupts our fear. And He says these words, It is I. Do not be afraid. Those were the words He used to the disciples. And I believe it is a word He says to you today, to all of us today. What is it that we are in, in fear about? You know, when we go down the list of things that we fear, it all gets grouped up under one category, fear of the unknown. When we do not know what's ahead, when we do not know what's to come, maybe there are trying times, trying decisions in families, maybe at your workplace, there's a lot of movements, maybe there's a merger going on. Maybe in your family settings, then there's so much of fear and worry and anxiety. And today Jesus says, perhaps you need a fresh revelation. You need to hear from God today, that wisdom that comes from Him. You need to know that Jesus is the Son of God in your situation. You need to know that Jesus meets you where you are. He does the impossible so we can have an amazing, amazing impact in our lives. And what happened after this impact, church? After the impact of them recognizing who Jesus was, these disciples, as soon as they landed, and even in subsequent ministries, they were powerful assistants to Jesus. They were witnessing, because now they knew they were not witnessing the act of a man. They were witnessing the Son of God teaching on earth. There was a newness in what he was doing. There was a newness in how he was doing the miracles. They recognized this was really God in action. And their lives were changed inside out because they knew there was an inner revelation of who God really is. And they knew there was nothing to be afraid of. It is I. Do not be afraid. Jesus says this to all of us even today. The next story we have, the fourth story, is from Luke 19. As a child, this was one of my favourite stories. If you all know this, you will know why it's my favourite story. <laughs> it's about a very short man in the Bible. So I get a lot of hope from this story. <laughs> and and in, in Sunday school, there was a very cute song and I still sing it until today because I think it's still very cute. In Luke 19, and behold, a man, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. But on the account of the crowd, 
He could not because he was small in stature. So he ran on ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. The Sunday school song was, Now Zacchaeus was a very little man, and a very little man was he. He climbed up to the sycamore tree for the Saviour he wanted to see. So that was exactly scriptural. That's why I love this song so much. And when the Saviour came that way, he looked up to the tree and said, Zacchaeus, you come down, for I'm coming to your house for tea. <laughs> so that was my Sunday school song. So I thank God for all my Sunday school teachers who still sit with us today. You guys have left that impact and I thank God for all the current Sunday school teachers, the kids' church teachers. You guys are rock stars, okay? Hallelujah. Thank God for them. And if you're interested to serve in the children's ministry, please do so because you're going to be impacting lives that will last a lifetime. Hallelujah. So Jesus saw Zacchaeus despite the crowds. I mean, maybe like he's up in a tree. How many little men will be up in a tree? And Zacchaeus was a rich man. He would have had nice flowing robes. So I can just imagine a short man with flowing robes. He's carrying up the robes and he's trying to climb up the sycamore tree because he had heard so many things about this Jesus. Now a little bit of background about the tax collector. Tax collectors are not like your LHDN today. Online, Send in, then they tell you, oh, you overpaid, okay, then give back. Or tell you, oh, underpaid, then just pay this amount, all calculated very cleanly. Back in the day, the tax collectors were representatives of the Roman Empire. So they were charged to collect taxes from the people and then submit it to, to, the, to, to the authorities. But what tax collectors were doing was, they were being very harsh. That's why they could be rich. So just say, if Pastor Kwan Ming... You are supposed to be paying 100 ringgit. If I was a tax collector like Zacchaeus, I will collect 300 ringgit from you. And you have no choice. Because you don't pay me 300 ringgit, I send you to jail. Wow, so much power. Huh? But that was how tax collectors were. And the, the people were really struggling. And naturally, they hated tax collectors. They listed them as the top sinners of, of the society. And yet, then when they heard, What? Jesus is singling out this sinner of all sinners and he wants to go and have fellowship in the house of sinners. Wow, they cannot take it, you know. But Jesus had a reason for a very exciting interruption like this. He interrupted a very comfortable Zacchaeus. But what does it say here in verse 3? And he was seeking to see who Jesus was. Now many of us here, we are like Zacchaeus. We are seeking. Maybe we've been coming here for a long time. Maybe it's your first time today. Maybe you've been coming off and on. And you've been seeking. You're saying, I've heard about this Jesus. But I really want to see. Real or not? The scripture says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. And if you are seeking, maybe you'll be like Zacchaeus. And maybe... Today, He's talking to you right now. Maybe you're just sitting in a corner and He's tugging at your heart and He's just saying, I'm talking to you. If you're seeking me, come. Come. I will be found of you. I will come. I will have fellowship with you. I will reveal the realness of who I am. 
Seek me, I will be found. The Lord Jesus says to us even today. And so when Jesus met up with Zacchaeus and everyone was condemning, but Zacchaeus immediately stands up in verse H. And Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, half of my goods I give to the poor. Wow, he's a millionaire, you know, multi-millionaire in the day in that sense. And he just easily just said, after one encounter, I, which meant he recognized all that he was doing was not right. He wanted to make right. He said, wow, all my, half of all, my, all that I have taken goes to the poor straight away. And if I have defrauded anyone, so Pastor Kwan Ming, I'll give you back the 200 ringgit extra, okay? If I've defrauded anyone of, my, of anything, I restore, oh, I must give back not 200, I must restore fourfold. I must give you 800 ringgit back. Wow, aren't you happy? Hallelujah. He's, he's saying like that. <laughs> Can you imagine the people if they know that, wow, this is a promise that he made to Jesus and I believe Zacchaeus made good on it. It was not about the money here, church. Because when Jesus interrupted this seeker, he said this to him, today's salvation has come to this house since he also is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save the lost. So, in whichever season of our seeking, Jesus interrupts the seeker to bring about salvation. To bring about salvation. And when the seeker received that salvation, wow, what was the impact, church? The impact was the entire community rejoiced. The same community who was belittling Jesus for, for agreeing to go to Zacchaeus' house became the same community that received a powerful impact because one man was touched. And you know, that's what we're all here to do. Even in our church this season, this year, we've been focusing on one-minute witness. We've been saying, everyone, let's... Let's do our part. Let's get out there. Let's begin to share. Let's begin to talk about Jesus. Let's talk about how good God has been to us. It talks about the one-minute witness. If you have not gone for it yet, it just gives us a simple way to share about the best thing that has happened in our lives in such an easy way, in under one minute. And from there, so many seekers can come. And it just takes one seeker like Zacchaeus to impact a community like they've never seen before. One seeker. And we are all in different positions. We could be that seekers among us today or we could be the one which the Lord is just saying, will you be the one to say, I'm ready to go and be used to impact just that one seeker to bring about the hope of salvation for an impact bigger than ourselves. You know, every miracle that, that the Lord does, there is always an impact beyond, beyond themselves. And that was what Zacchaeus encountered. The fifth and final story comes from Luke 5. This is at the onstart of the calling of the disciples. I left this to the end because I believe a lot of us could fall into this category. This was just after Peter, this was like in the morning where there were crowds gathering around Jesus, 
wanting to learn, wanting to be taught. And, you know, it was just so many people all around and Jesus was walking by the shores of Galilee and He saw two fishing boats because they had just come in. They had fished all night and they had just brought the boats in. And the fishermen were doing what? They were cleaning up their nets. That's what you do. You must take care of all your tools. So they were just cleaning up their nets. They were faithful men. They were faithful men who were doing their regular work. Jesus can also interrupt the faithful. Jesus can interrupt those who are doing the regular things. Nothing so traumatic has happened. You're going through life. You're doing what needs to be done. Yes, there will be some days where there are a little bit of disappointments. This was one of the days where they had a little bit of a disappointment because the whole night, they cast all night and they caught no fishes. Another Sunday school song, cast all night but they caught no fishes. Cast all night but they caught no fishes. And it goes on in the story. After Jesus had done His teaching, there was something amazing that took place. So, because of the teaching, He saw the, the, the fisherman there. He said, Simon, can you please move the boat out a little bit? Let me sit inside the boat and then I will teach the people from the boat. It is easier so they're all not pressing around Him. And so, Simon Peter, he agreed and he had, when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, put out into the deep. Means go further deeper and let your nets down for a catch. And later in the passage, that was when Peter said, but, but Jesus, whole night already we were there, both of us, our two boats. Whole night was there, no fish. But Nemela, because show face, give face a bit. Since you say, I will do it. And so, they cast their net down. What happened, church? So many, so many, so many fishes. So many, so many, so many fishes. That's right. There was so much fish that Simon Peter had to quickly signal to the second boat, quickly, faster come, faster come. We need to haul all the load in. And this is when they said this in verse 9. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of fish they had taken. And so also were James and John, sons of Zebedee, who were partners with Simon. So it was Peter, James and John. And Jesus said to Simon, do not be afraid. From now on, you will be catching men. In some versions, it will say, you will be fishers of men. And when they brought the boats to, the, boats to land, they left everything and followed him. They're all the big fish, you know. They were set already for the whole week or, whole, or two weeks or whatever it is. But they had the faithful men who were going through the norm. When they had an interruption from Jesus, an interruption into their regular life, they recognized that this was something very different. And they left everything and followed Him. I remember being in this position as well many years ago. When the Lord began to speak to me, and I'm sure many other pastors here also can have that, that similar experience where the Lord begins to speak and speak and speak and say, are you willing to leave it all behind now? So many of them here have left careers, left different directions of life. 
the Lord is still in the business of interrupting the faithful. And so I speak to those of you here. The Lord knows, maybe years ago, or maybe even in recent time, perhaps He has been indeed calling you for a different levelling up of your calling. Maybe for some of you, you have a full-time call, but it's just been so difficult. It's been such a challenge to even consider. But today, I want to just speak to your hearts and say, you know, if you ask any one of us pastors, do we regret what we have done? I can tell you resoundingly, no regrets. And He has taken care of us every single step of the way. He has watched over our households. He's taken care of our families. And there is no other joy than being found in the will of the Lord. But at the same time, He also calls the faithful to level up to a different situation. Maybe He's been speaking to you, it's time to say yes. When your zone pastor has asked you, are you ready to step up? and take on a role of being a leader? Maybe are you ready to step up and say, yes, I can become a cell host now? Maybe it's time the Lord is, is speaking to all of us. It's time to live differently this year. It's time to say, I'm leaving everything behind, which means I'm leaving my fears. I'm leaving complacency. I'm leaving any apprehensions. Sometimes we don't serve because we think we're not worthy. But today I want to speak to you. He who calls you will also be equipping you for an amazing good work that is ahead. Jesus interrupts the faithful for an expansion. Because, you know, He interrupts us all faithfully. Even for those who are, who are broken, who are sick, who have different fears in their life as the Lord begins to bring healing and restoration and bring renewal, the Lord will then ask all of us about this. As a church, as a people of God, we all need to be ready for expansion. We all need to be ready to say, here am I, Lord, what is needed? What is the church going towards? If the church is now busy and empowering people to be disciples, it is because the Lord is beginning to say, I need to raise up an army of believers who will say, I will stand for the truth. Who will say, yes, I will be a good Christian witness in the marketplace. Who will say, yes, I am equipped to even talk and answer questions that my neighbours have about the Lord Jesus Christ. The communities are out there waiting for us. This is our season, church. This is our time for us to rise up together, band together and say, Lord, I'm ready to be, to be used as an impact. I'm ready to be interrupted in my regular life. And if you're in a situation where you've been sick, you've been broken and all that, the Lord says, I am here to bring restoration. I'm here to bring that renewal. I'm here to bring a wholeness and bring salvation. I am here because once we are all whole and healed because the Lord Jesus Christ said, He has come to give us life and life abundant. Not just for us to enjoy it on our own, but so that the Lord can send us out as expansion makers in our community, in our families. Go and make disciples. That's Jesus' last word. 
Go and make disciples. Acts 1.8 says, And the Holy Spirit shall come upon you and you shall be my witnesses. All across the world. Jesus interrupts, not in a disruptive manner. Jesus interrupts because He intervenes. He always has a better future than what you and I could ever imagine. And church, today I want to assure you that every intervention will bring an impact, not just for your own life, but for everyone's life as well. So today, just to recap, He interrupts the broken for renewal. He interrupts the sick for restoration. He interrupts the fearful to bring about a revelation for those who are needing to hear from the Lord today. He interrupts those who are seeking to bring about a salvation that you need. And He interrupts the faithful, every one of us, because there is greater work to be done. The kingdom of God expands. Why? Because the gospel has to go out. Church, we are living in the last days. There is very little time. And as a church, He needs us healed, hold, renewed. Interruptions are opportunities to impact others. So even this morning, we have time. So don't be in a rush to go for your equipped classes just yet. We have time for you to walk to your classes. But now let's give time to the Lord. I believe He wants to cause about, bring about an interruption that will bring about an impact for your life, for your family, and your community. Let's just pray. Let's allow the Holy Spirit just to speak to us as the worship team just leads us in this song. Shara Maria.